0: Welcome back to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with Photo Art Director, Karen Williams. Karen earned her MFA in Photography at the Savannah College of Art and Design and has worked with publications and brands such as AARP, Airbnb, San Francisco Magazine, Square, and also Masterclass, to name a few. In this interview, I speak to Karen about her experience working with magazines as well as with big tech brands, and what goes into producing commercial photography work. Karen also gives advice to photographers who are trying to market their work to editors and producers. And lastly, I also speak to Karen about some of her photographic influences, as well as one of her personal photo projects titled Elegant Wasteland. Karen is someone who brings a wealth of knowledge and experience in the photography industry. So I was excited to get a chance to speak with her about her journey with photography. So I hope you enjoy. And thanks so much for listening. All right, Karen Williams, welcome to the podcast. Uh, excited to talk to you. Um, I think we linked up uh, on LinkedIn. That's where I, I found you and uh, was excited to talk to you because you've worked in a lot of different areas in the business, magazines, um, with brands, everything. So really excited to talk to you. And I had to give you a shout out mad props on the LinkedIn game. Like you, you're always posting if there's a job, like you posted one today. So I, I really appreciate it. Cause I think like just sharing that stuff and letting people know the jobs are out there. So hats off to that.
1: No, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Um, just so everyone you've interviewed, so I feel honored and humbled and yeah, I, I, want to just continue just to give back and whatever kind of knowledge i can you know someone can take from me i am more than happy um yep. to share that
0: definitely and i guess like how obviously been a crazy year with the pandemic and everything um how have you been doing it looks like you just started a new job um but how's it kind of been working and kind of producing shoots uh how's the last year kind of been for you i guess
1: it's been kind of i've unfortunate i've been blessed i've been able to continue to work uh, but um Grateful for, before the pandemic, um, working at Calista Media, we did already, we were already doing kind of like Zoom offsite shoots. So, and and remote shooting. And so moving to Square, going there, when they were transitioning, when people were on set, I was like, oh, I've been doing this for a while, like (laughs) even before COVID. So I've been fortunate enough where I was almost like set up for what was going to happen. Yeah. But definitely shoots have been difficult because you know got to take in quarantine days like for the photographers, you have limited um, people on set um, and, and just making sure everyone has what they need.
0: Yeah, definitely. And how's the remote shoot thing been going? Like are the remote shoots that you guys are doing? Because um, I know talking to a lot of photographers. Some people are like legit doing remote shoots where the photographer doesn't go anywhere. Then there's like remote shoots where- there is a crew and then the client is on one side what's kind of your been your experience with the remote shoots you guys have been doing
1: um again the fortune fortunate enough to be working with awesome photographers that are on set and then literally uh, either g meet link or zoom link and i'm just looking at like a live feed um from the digitech and yeah i've been able to photo artwork I miss it it made me appreciate being on set because sometimes you know these are long days but it's just trying to it's just those little things like no just move the business card just no too much like if I was there it's just make it so much easier but um fortunate enough I've been able to interact with the photographer and be able just to give live feed um live updates and yeah
0: And do you think the remote shoot is something it is going to, even after the pandemic, when it hopefully ends, like, do you think this is like technology that you think brands and clients are going to continue to use where like so-and-so like creative director can't show up this shoot and they're going to keep using this or what do you think kind of going into the future? Like no one really knows, but I'd be interested in kind of getting your perspective.
1: I think, um, like going back to the office, it's going to be a hybrid. Like for when you have a subject and like, hey, I'm like in the Bahamas, and you can't send a photographer there. That's where you're going to implement it. But if you're shooting locally or you can fly there easily and get a crew there, I think it will be a back on set. I think that's what I I want to get be back on set. But understand, like if somewhere in Russia, in the tundra, you yes. know, we can't have there's limit, you know, access then that's, I think it's a good thing that we are flexing our muscles in this remote environment and to be able to take on and, re, and remote art direct.
0: And is that being kind of like the photographers you're working with and hiring? Is that kind of like a new asset you're looking for when hiring people? Like, hey, can you, do you have the technology to execute the recent remote shoots? Is that something you think photographers are going to have to kind of have in their toolkit kind of moving forward, do you think?
1: I think, yeah, they're going to have to have that in their cool toolkit because you just never know now. Yep. And because, again... For me, I've gotten used, kind of used to this flexibility of like working from home. So sub talent might be like, hey, can you come to me or I don't want to go to a studio necessarily. Can you meet me here? And Or maybe I don't want to have people here. Can you shoot me remote like what you did last year? So I think just having that flexibility, definitely having it in your toolkit Mm -hmm. will definitely be an asset for the photographer going forward in the future. Yeah,
0: definitely. And I was excited. It looks like you just started a new job with Masterclass, a really great platform with lots of really informative videos and content um and hats off to you finding a job anytime is hard but finding one in a pandemic like that's 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 a tough task um how did that kind of come about for you and I guess it's only been a month I think for you but how's it kind of been working for you
1: um so for master class I was fortunate enough I'm filling in right now temp for paternity leave so Just having this opportunity to be able to move and be able to, again, learn um, different skill sets, um, as I feel from every part of my job. Yeah, it's been, like I said, I've been blessed during this pandemic to be able to continue to work and find um, uh, projects to continue to go.
0: No, it's exciting. I know from talking to like a lot of my producer friends who have been in this business for a while, it kind of seems like the art producer role, a lot more people are kind of working that way kind of going from project based rather than working for like one company directly because like I know even in Boston, uh, like Mm -hmm. some of the big agencies like Arnold or Hill Holiday, like back in the day, like 10 years ago, they'd have like four or five art producers on staff but now it seems like it's kind of more project based and art producers almost kind of working the way freelance photographers do it kind of seems right.
1: Yeah. And I think it's just evolved. I, my background is in editorial. So when I started like 10, 12 years ago, a long time ago, I mean, the mindset is you join a magazine and you're there for 20 years. And mm-hmm. that's what's the case. When I first started at Southern Living, I had p- people were there for 30 years. Like yeah. that's like or people, you know, nowadays after like 2008 and just the cuts and, you know, I think, and unfortunately our field, the one thing it makes you sad is some people don't people don't want to pay the value like they know they want photography and they think oh I can just go to google search or I can get an instagram and you maybe you get lucky once mm-hmm. but no it's a skill and you do need good photography because the people look at the visual at the end of the day and if it looks like crappy you know what is that saying about your brand yeah. so I think just the evolution of just kind of how the creative has gone, it's more it's more fluid and more in not saying there are full time jobs there, but I think there's a lot more out there if you're transitioning on working more as a freelance and to be more consistent. Yeah. And not just like a oh, I've gone too much, but usually the I think their jobs are there.
0: Definitely. And you feel like is that like part of your job, kind of like. Like kind of explaining to clients why you should shoot like, um, like actually make original photography versus like stock.
1: Yes, um, first you can, you have more control. I always like say, if you if you put up the money and get the value and shoot a good photographer, you will see that value returned in your business, and you get to control what you know what is seen and from your company versus. Again, there's a lot of good stock photography out there, but you didn't create that. Yeah. And yeah. you have the opportunity to create something and own it right out. Yeah. Because want- necessarily you don't own the stock yep. all the time.
0: Yeah. You want that photo to jump off the page and get people's attention. And then uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad people are fighting for it. I'm glad, I'm glad yeah. to hear that, you know. <laughs> uh, but I guess to go back, I was just kind of curious, like where you grew up and like, how do you kind of first kind of discover photography, I guess?
1: So uh, I am a Army brat. So born in San Diego, but grew up a little bit of everywhere. But I always consider my home base Texas. Okay. Now Nevada, because that's where my parents have retired to. And I fell into photography um, as being the family photographer. So if you ever go and ever or ever can look at my family albums, you'll won't see me. Because I'm the one taking the <laughs> photo, like only I knew how the compor- you know, put the fame together and stuff like that. And it wasn't until my senior year in high school I took a photography class, and I was like, oh, I like this. I, you I, know, it was just a simple black and white. And, and then I just started. I went on to get my BFA and MFA in photography from there.
0: That's Didn't awesome. Think I
1: was going to go into the field of producing and, and like and photo art directing at the time but yeah, that was kind of the start of it.
0: That's great. And like when you, where, where did you go to school and where you majored in photography and like, what kind of stuff were you shooting even back in like college, I guess?
1: Oh, wow. So, uh, for my, um, BFA, I went to St. Edward's university in Austin, Texas, uh, because I was scared of UT. Um, I Why think, is that? <laughs> uh, because of just TV of, Oh, I'm gonna be in this big hall of like over a hundred people, and I'm gonna get <laughs> lost. So Edwards was this small, like well, now it's bigger, but it was small. Like there was like what twelve people in my class. Oh wow! And what I and because UT they were phasing, they were starting to phase out in the like mid 2000s. The wet dark room, and they were going digital. Mm-hmm. And St. Edwards still had a wet lab, like you have, I didn't even start really digital until like my senior year there. Um, and then moved, didn't know quite well, what I wanted to do. So went to pursue my MFA at Savannah College Art and Design. I think the only thing I knew is like, I'm going to be a fine art, you know, artist, and I'm going to make all this money. (laughs) (laughs) That was, (laughs) yeah. Um, but I, I was drawn to personally for me, I think kind of my photo heroes was my favorites is definitely Walker Evans, Gordon Parks, um, William Eggleston, Stephen Shore, Lee Fre- Freelander, um, just like all the, the oldies, the goodies for me. Um, and I fell into more shooting more urban landscapes And I did my thesis and I really love shooting abandoned buildings as well and just the beauty and, and, but also the wastefulness of it. And so that's kind of how, and that's what I do kind of with my own personal work. I like like to just be able to pick up the camera and go and never the large format. I appreciate like alternative process, all that good stuff. Uh, but I just don't have the patience, <laughs> you know, <laughs> on the four by five camera. I'm like, OK, I got to set this all up and then go in a dark room and then put the ch- film in. You know, that was like, no, I could just pick up a 35, roll the camera, like the film in and then go and shoot. And that's why I like to pick, you know, go up the pick and go and go.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah
0: no i'm there with you like i grew up shooting film i was shooting like slide film and had a little dark room in my basement growing up but now it's like I, mad props to the people shooting film now there is definitely like a resurgence but now when i think go, going back to like this the amount of time and it's so expensive now like shooting film and processing it um but i'm glad i learned it but it is uh I, i'm with you this stick with digital so good now like it's just like speed and you can just keep it moving you know um, yeah,
1: who would have known? Like when it was like doing film, film was like relatively cheaper than digital when it was, you know, first starting out. I mean, I still miss Photoshop one and two. I resisted so long for the cloud. <laughs> <laughs> I, I
0: was like, like I'm okay, not paying the subscription. The subscription. <laughs> I feel
1: like, no, I just want to buy it and to be able to, I'll upgrade when I feel like upgrading. No. But now it's just like everything's been thrown into digital where it makes it relevant. I mean, relatively cheap but now like film is like you get those things are it's like I'll shoot one roll and it's like this a shift of going from taking your time to really think out what you're shooting to now I can just shoot like 10,000 frames really cheap and you know and then I'll find like one out of a thousand and then shifting your mindset to be like oh this is kind of slow
0: yep yeah yeah no it's definitely different and like going to SCAD how's your experience there because that's that's like such a legendary school I've like walked through it I remember going to like uh they have like a college like art store where they sell like Mm -hmm. artwork and stuff and it was like incredible um but I guess like what would you say to like uh, what was your kind of experience going to school for photography do you you look back at as like a useful experience or what do you kind of remember about it I guess
1: I definitely like for people who pick up the photography and just learn it on your own, that is mad props. And that is, that's one, I think learning on the job is one tool, like is great to do. I always appreciate going to school and being fortunate enough to be able to afford to go to school, to learn the history of it. Yep. And just know like more um, technical aspects of it, even though I'm not like a photographer by trade, but just being able to talk the language and just know the technicals and know how to do it. Um, so for Scat, I was fortunate enough where um, the first year for the Rascals two years, um, for the first year I was in the Savannah campus and Savannah was gorgeous, beautiful. But for me, I'm a city like rat. And it was like, wow, this is really boring now. This is such <laughs> a touristy town. But I always remember my fond memory of the 45 hour review. So when you're getting halfway point, and I remember one when I first started and the 45 year review was going, I think it put the fear in God in me because I would see people crying because they did not pass.
0: It's forty. And what is people, the forty-five hour review? What yeah, is that? So you're
1: halfway. So the, your degree, you get night. It's like a ninety-hour degree, like Got hour, like the credits. And so forty-five is half. Got it. So that's when you're like, this is what I want to do my thesis on. That you're midway. This is your final thesis that you're going to present. You know, in your you know last class, and so you go um in front of the teachers and you have to defend your work basically or saying you know and you either pass or fail because they're like okay this is viable this is you know what you're doing you know what you're talking about or you fail like this is kind of thin it's not really thought out yeah and so you know your teachers your friend until you're at that 45 hour review
0: dun, dun, dun. I do see people <laughs> like and
1: it freaked me out because I was like I cannot afford to not like, I can't be here three years. Like, I can't, no. <laughs> and so I always remember that. So when I went to the Atlanta campus at the time, it, it was just open for a year. So everything was like new yeah. and it was nice. And it was such a different vibe. I just remember I made sure for that thesis um, presentation, I made sure I knew what I was talking about. And I passed. Yeah. Not everyone that day passed but I passed, but I love the professors. I loved everyone I've met. I love that. I just continue to learn on my craft and skill. Mm-hmm. I did. I think the one problem about school is they don't teach you really the fundamentals of how do you live as an artist? Yeah. The business side, yep. that's what they need to be telling you. You know, it's, you know, for everyone coming up, it's like, what do I charge? What, you know, you have to kind of learn on the fly. And a lot of people don't want to tell you this information, but that's the one thing I wish I just had to learn yeah. as I was working.
0: Yeah. That's like 99% of the, I was just having this conversation with my friend the other day. We're like, dude, we're professional photographers, but f- taking pictures. is like 5% of the job. <laughs> it's like, and especially this year, like it's been extremely hard to navigate, like how to market your work. And I was interested to talk to you about this is like. Mm-hmm before was like uh, a lot of my work I'd go meet with uh photo editors art producers mm-hmm. go whatever New York or wherever city and show your book but obviously now people aren't in the office I was just kind of curious have you still been doing meetings with photographers like via zoom to look at work or like how's that kind of been working for you
1: so um I have met with photographers on zoom to look at work a little bit mm-hmm. but mostly it's because of COVID and stuff like that um it's for me, um, in my experience, a lot of times I was just start going for me, my to find new work or to find interest like like who's a photography, I'm just going to Instagram. Got it. For me, it's like Instagram. It's like if you keep that up to date, um, you know, I I I'll reach out to you or try to find you know, how, who I need to reach out to you. So it hasn't, that's what I've missed because when I started at San Francisco Magazine, I was, I moved from DC to San Francisco, didn't know that many people. And I just made meetings with people who wanted to, and we just discussed work. And um, even if we, if I didn't end up working with them, I'm like, if you have any questions or if you want me to move, remove, um, to review anything, you know, I am here and available because I just feel like, you know, I'm here to give back. I can give you all, all, all the knowledge I can, you know, give, you know, from my experience um, because I know it's tough because, you know, editors are busy in general, but yeah, you know, I love that connection and just, you know, being a part of the community and just, you know, being able to help however I can.
0: Yeah. But I will
1: say one thing I wish photographers would do more consistently.
0: All right, great. This is great. This is what we're here for. <laughs> okay.
1: This is, Put your location on your website.
0: I put it on my Instagram and website, all that.
1: Photographers, not all photographers do that. And I can tell you an insider view, a lot of places we hire, have to hire locally Mm -hmm. because of budgets. And we need to know if you're in LA or New York, or you can shoot both, you know what I mean? Like trying to find, you know. A lot of photographers are not very consistent. So I would say for number one, to kind of like pet peeve of me. It's like when I go and I find work and I'm like, love it. And I don't see, and then I have to hunt it down. And then like, darn, you're not here. Or you said you were here and now you're here. Yep. Like put your location of where you are because exactly. it helps us out. So we're not, first of all, wasting time, but we can, even if you're not in a like location, you have dope work, then we can just literally just, like what I do is bookmark and then boom, this person's located here.
0: Oh, that, yeah. But location, that's the name of the bit. It will location, help location, location. then it helps
1: me like, oh, you are located, boom, that makes it easier for me to present you to whoever I need to get approval to. I'm like, oh, this person's located in New York or this person's located in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, boom.
0: so yeah. location. No, no, it's good advice. And you mentioned Instagram. And this is another thing I talk to photographer friends about all the time. Like when you're looking, obviously, like you're saying, you're, you, you discover photographers there. Do you think photographers Instagram should be straight portfolio? Um, you, you know, some people kind of put personal stuff, this kind of their day to day life, as well as portfolio pieces. Like, what do you kind of like to see when you're looking at different Instagram things? Because for me, I feel like Instagram is like the new website, almost in a sense.
1: I personally, I love when I see a mixture of
0: mm-hmm.
1: work, personal work and then maybe a little bit of your life just to get a vibe yep um sometimes when i see a portfolio it's just about straight work i just feel like oh this is your business site yep instagram and then you have something personal some probably under another name Mm-hmm. not that there's nothing wrong with that but then i get kind of okay your business okay but for me i don't mind seeing a mixture of seeing of, of everything because it just gives me kind of like a little flavor of like oh this is this person likes this or <laughs> oh even if i didn't see in your work but i see you doing this like yep. oh there was a story or this is a shoot that involves this and i see you're like interested in this so for me that helps
0: yeah definitely because i think yeah it kind of goes back to like uh like when you meet, when you have the chance to meet with people, you can kind of get a feel for like people's personalities and if you would work well together. And I think like, for me, that's like, uh, like an asset, like being able to like show who you are as a person, not obviously you have to have great work, but like, you know, if you have similar interests, whatever it can kind of work in your favor sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, But I guess when you got out of SCAD, like what was kind of your first job in the photo industry? Like I know you went on to work at different magazines, but like what do you kind of think you're going to do? And what was kind of your first step into the photo business?
1: So I graduated in 2008, The too, year too, of the year of the yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh, I'm gonna do this. And then yep. <laughs> um, well, I was fortunate enough where I still had a little more money and my loans. And I, since I was gonna pay that back, I used it to, to go back to London. Mm-hmm. I did a study abroad, um, a study abroad in London for my BFA. So I went back to London and I worked for um or did an internship as a picture editor assistant at ink publishing, a custom publishing place. That's how I even found out about being a photo editor producer, because they don't teach you that as the joke was like, if you're that you're a failed photographer. But once I learned, I was like, oh, this is what you do. You just, you know, make phone calls. You collaborate, you pick photographers. I was like, this is my perfect job because it, I necessarily couldn't make it as a photographer because I don't like the hustle. I just, yep. I don't like to be like marketing myself all the time. Like, I don't like it. This is a happy medium where, okay, I could still be creative, work on a creative and then do my own personal work for myself and not answer to anybody. Yeah. I always tell people who, or for especially photographers who ask me like, you know, I see all these photo editor, producer, you know, what you think I could do it. It's like, yes and no. You know, yes, you know, it's fundamentally you're just like literally, it's basically production. Um, no, you're not gonna be shooting. Mm-hmm. And you have to love basically being on email, phone calls, and basically production, which I love. I found out I loved.
0: Yeah. It's a different <laughs> so, type of hustle. You're hustling because exactly it's like, like a different
1: up. type of hustle of trying <laughs> to get the creative, you know, completed, like get the get to the final point. But I love that in of like, okay, a story's been killed. Okay, we got like two days to shoot like 10 different portraits, subjects. Okay, let's go. Okay, I know this photographer, this photographer, this photographer. Okay, can you do it? Can, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's, I guess the inner editorial or <laughs> mm. people who have been in the editorial that drive and being like, okay, we're gonna get it done. It's gonna get done. Yeah. And so from there came home couldn't find any really job because again there were no openings it was a catch-22 of we are hiring a photo assistant but you need like two to three years of experience and so I just started doing a lot of free internships unfortunately uh, with Austin Monthly Magazine which I love I I learned a lot it was just sucks that you know I had to just do it for free to get to basically get an entry-level job at Southern you know yeah. living magazine
0: yeah
1: and then from there it just took on to assistant photo editor at aarp which was great wow. and i kind of love my journey because i didn't know when i decided to be a photo editor i had no idea you had to be in new york or the new york hub you know so i just was like figuring it out I'm like okay the so minutes and then i went to aarp learning about basically there are two publications they have uh newsy the bulletin which i loved and i worked on the most on and then they have their lifestyle celebrity yeah. and learning those two different types of world of photojournalism and then like studio portraiture um, celebrity photographer so i learned to, and kind of because how much can you illustrate medicare mm-hmm. um, you know conceptual that was like my introduction to conceptual photography then going across the country to san francisco magazine a city magazine which i loved because you do everything you do from food, food yeah. to news to fashion. That was like the first time I did fashion shoes. I never done a fashion shoot, but we did a pretty darn good job, <laughs> you know? And it was that, and that's just that learning. It's like Zord. And that was a one woman team with an awesome, you know, creative team, like little creative team. And I just learned so much just being on my own and just like being thrown in and like this worked and this didn't work, you know? Yeah. And then I got sucked into the hub of, tech tech yeah. which, you know in san francisco which is a completely different like world but had opportunities where I, like my first with a um aar i'm oh, sorry not aarp on uh, airbnb yep and just learning about brand and like how they work and function and then going to callisto which was more like data tech on uh, book publishing and stuff like that and then square um and then now with um uh, masterclass so Um, it's been a very varied career, but I wouldn't trade it for the world, which is funny because a lot of people, you know, every place I've gone it's like oh I've been here five years I've been here seven years and usually I haven't been no longer than like
0: yeah I think that the age of like working at the same place your entire career is pretty much done like almost in in any career path because it's this it's just so much different nowadays and I I, I think it's it's probably worked to your advantage to have all these different experiences different publications because everyone operates differently and now you're working on with brands versus editorial so bouncing around I would imagine it kind of helped your skill set.
1: Yeah, 100%. I think at the time, I can look back now and be like, okay, oh, hey, this was great for me. But at the time where it was like, okay, I'm moving again, or <laughs> I'm doing, you know, it's like, but now just, I think the best thing, the best example is like we were talking before about like remote shooting. Okay, Callisto set me up for literally my next job of mm-hmm. what I was doing.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. so it's
1: like, looking back you can look back it's easier but when you're in it you're like this is this why am I learning this
0: yeah exactly It's like, why <laughs>
1: okay I've done this before all right
0: oh definitely I've had those jobs like I remember I was working at Hasbro in their studio in-house and mm-hmm. shooting toys and I was like I don't want to shoot toys I hate this shit <laughs> but it was just interesting to see how like e-commerce and how an internal mm-hmm. studio works and how everything so yeah like you said at the time I was like why am I doing this I don't even like it but now I really appreciate it so it's all perspective, I guess. Um, and, you know, ARP, like, h- how is it working there? Like, because they're, I think they still are the number one circulated magazine in the world. I think they have like 35 million subscribers, actually they shot for them last week. Um, what do you kind of remember about working with them? Like any kind of shoots that kind of stick out as memorable for you, I guess?
1: I think because and I'm, at the time I was this assistant photo editor so I got to work on the smaller shoots. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved working on the bulletin there's this section like in the news and we could just send like literally uh, a photographer we would find photographers like in the midwest and it's like shooting these real people and I always loved that because sometimes it could get out you know you can get away from the heart and soul yeah um, of like what the publication is but it was those little shoots that I always loved the most there. But then also, again, that was a place like, I like fell in love with uh, photojournalism, but also conceptual photography because it was like, Oh, I had no idea about that kind of genre, even at school. Like that wasn't really taught in the yeah. sense other than in fine art kind of a way. And so this like, Oh, these are some amazing minds where all I have to say is like, okay, we just want like a piggy bank or something, give us sketches. And then they're like, Oh, we could do it. And I'm like, Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) So it was like, such an amazing team. I think most of them are still there and they're like awesome and just learned so much from them.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, one thing, you know, photographers are always kind of curious, like when you're looking for a photographer, like you said, everything's kind of regional now. You said Instagram. Um, are there any mm-hmm. other places you look for when you're kind of trying to find someone for a particular project? Because there's like there's all these different pla- platforms like Workbook and Adage and a million others. But like what are kind of some places you kind of uh, try to find photographers if you're looking for someone for a particular project?
1: so um if you look at my computer my work computer so I'll have like a whole like window kind of system with like almost all my bookmarks so because any photographer I work with or I see that catches my eye and go to a website I automatically bookmark mm-hmm. um I will generally start with for me personally I'll start with diversified photo women in photography agencies but I've gone into some weird rabbit holes. I think right now for me is Pinterest. Like okay. I'll just like modern this, and then I'll see something and I'll click on it. And that's I found photographers like that. Oh really? Like, oh, and that yeah, it's 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 one of those magical things because it's like I'll like just put the search term and maybe a for you know, and I'll see photographs or something, and then I'll click one. And I'm like, ooh, I like that, and then I click, and then I f- find who shot it eventually. And then I'm like, Oh, I haven't seen this photographer. So for me, it's kind of like, yeah, it's a, it's, it's like a mixture of Google search and then it's like, (laughs) what can I find? You know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Pinterest. I I never really use that much. I remember going on there. I was just confused about how it works, but maybe I, maybe I gotta get back on there. I gotta start posting my pictures on Pinterest. Well,
1: it's one of those, it's like Pinterest, one of those magical things. It's almost like when I'm doing stock research and I'm like, I can't find this Particular person on Getty or you know, in Trunk Archive or something, and I'll just put the in ter- you know in Google search. I'm not finding something, and I'll put the term in, and then I'll see a photo. And it mm-hmm. might take me a couple of days to find the original, you know, where it's linked to. And I'm like, oh, I can find it. Maybe I can license it. It's just. Pinterest for right now for me has been so magical right. <laughs> right now where it's like one of those things you can't like really pr- it's not like you pr- you you can promote yourself on it but it's just more like those magical holes yeah it's like,
0: just kind like, of random yeah yeah yeah
1: random
0: no that's awesome yeah I'm excited I'm gonna I'm gonna log back in there Karen it sounds <laughs> interesting. Uh, Another thing, are there like any common mistakes photographers make when like reaching out to editors or producers? Cause you know, anybody working freelance, you know, you're, you're, you're trying as hard as you can to get on people's radar. Um, but mm-hmm. like, what's the best approach when you're trying to uh, reach out to a new editor to show your work or things like that, I guess.
1: I would say do your homework and just make sure, you know, when you're introducing to make sure that, um, you know, your work is reflective of kind of their style or
0: mm-hmm. what
1: they're looking for. Not saying that you know, it has to be one to one match because sometimes, like, photographers email like, "Oh, you're that nice," and even though it might not be like, for example, masterclass style, you know, yeah. I'll keep it up because you never know; I could use you down the line somewhere else if for, for another project. Yeah. Um, I think a big no no is emailing people per- by personal email, which I've had. I just, like, am- I just immediately delete.
0: Oh, they like find your stuff. like per- like your personal yeah, like- the
1: personal email.
0: Damn, how they exactly. even track it down
1: <laughs> yeah so it's like okay unless you know unless I have personally given it to you to email something or we you know we have our like a correspondence or something and I'm like hey please email, email it to me yeah. when I get cold emails like that it's just an automatic delete yeah um, and and I would stress to photographers if you email like a photo editor producer, have patience because like we have like 10,000 things that we're doing in a day and we may not get to your email (laughs) because maybe oh my god this has been killed and I have to find some you know a replacement so just uh yeah patience if you do email and 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 I and I respond back and say hey I'll be back with in touch shortly Just you know that's Don't gotta email me five times, you know. No, no, no. <laughs> I'll get back to you. I promise. I will get back to you. Yeah. If it's been two weeks and I haven't, and just then you can politely like yes.
0: All right, all right. That's good, that's good advice, you know. Um, yeah, and like how I was just kind of curious, like being that you went from like editorial to now you're working with like tech brands, like how is that kind of transition? Um, is it kind of different skill set working with a magazine versus a brand? Like, how's that kind of transition for you?
1: I think um, the only the 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 tough uh, transition was going from editorial when you could just shoot things and you're not necessarily buying them out and you could leave logos in because it's editorial versus like brand where now I can like scan a picture now mm-hmm. <laughs> of the experience of nope nope are you paying for this Nike uh logo stuff nope yep nope you gotta like you gotta like when you're when you're working for the brand you also have to shift. It's almost the same, like Southern Living. It's a brand; it has its you know look and feel that it sticks to, same as Airbnb, Square, Masterclass, and so you just making sure you're when you're producing work and bringing photographers on, they're able to be unique, but also be able to shoot to the brand,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and that you know, and and fine tuning that, and being able to know when to push when you want to kind of push a vision and when to you know kind of take a step back
0: yeah definitely and obviously with like commercial stuff when you're working on campaigns there's a lot more that goes into it it's generally bigger budgets and editorial shoot Um, Mm -hmm. what are you looking for when you're hiring a photographer do you do do they need to have like uh, like uh, campaign work and advertising work to to get hired or like what is it when you're going to give someone an opportunity to work on one of these bigger productions like what do you want to see when you're going to give give them a shot I guess
1: um they don't necessarily have to have campaign work because mm-hmm. the funny thing here's the thing like you come out of editorial and you think okay you're working for a brand and so you're automatically thinking commercial photography no most of the most of the brands are like no we want to shoot editorial style mm-hmm. yep. and so so i'm looking mostly like how you shoot editorial versus like commercial um it's nice that if you have worked for those brands um but basically do you have good work yeah and is it consistent um I think that's the number one like consistency that can kill like your chance because you can have like oh look at these and and especially being able to edit the images on your website because you can have like two good photos and then I'm seeing five like yep and then what am I I the consistency I can't I can't put my faith yeah yeah. even though you could maybe knock it out of the park versus if you have a good consistent portfolio so it doesn't it doesn't mean you have to be shooting all celebrities or not like like if you shoot what you shoot badass Mm -hmm. then i will give you i will like oh okay i think I, i i'll take a chance on you um you know and that's like a you know and that's me you know fighting for you when i'm presenting Like, Mm -hmm. hey, I know this person hasn't done like much brand work, but look at what they've done here, here, and here. Yeah. So as long as you consistently and just hone in what you do, I think I run into a lot of photographers who try to do everything. And I'm like, that's nice. But I think, and I always just advise them, pick the few things you like and get awesome at it.
0: You yeah, have refine it. It's like, yeah, you can't be like, can't be a wedding photographer, still life photographer, portrait guy. Like, you know, exactly. There are a couple guys who can do still life and portraits. Like, there's some great, like Craig Cutler's, like, he's been in the game a long time. And some people can do it. It's very hard, and you have to be very, like, good at editing your work, I think.
1: But the goal is you take, say, a portrait photographer. Yeah. You do such an awesome job that I want to hire you to shoot food, mm-hmm. your style. Yeah. So I'm not trying to change how you shoot.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: I like your style so much of what you do. I want to try you out. Like, hey, can you go and shoot this chef and I need food shots and stuff like that? Or can you go to and shoot these rock climbers Yeah. for me? If you don't, you know, I mean? yes, you want to, you know, of course, you know, sometimes things you need to have like a specialist and, you know, that is really in a thing. But I think, I think a goal in photography, like for me, at least, like, I would be like, I would say you want to get so good that I want to hire you to shoot this and I know you don't shoot this but I want you to shoot it in your style.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm not trying
1: to change you, but I just want to shoot I just like your style.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's great. And you know, with advertising these days, even myself in the last few years I've been finding myself getting hired more and more to shoot like digital content for like social media mm-hmm. and it's and a lot of shoots are great good budgets and stuff too do you find Mm -hmm. you're producing a lot more content just for social media platforms and digital stuff versus like your um kind of old style of like print and whatever billboards and stuff like that Mm -hmm. i guess it varies from brand to brand i know some brands do they do a ton of like social media marketing and
1: well it depends because it i mean like for like for mass class i know that i'm working right now at we do billboards we do social it's more that Mm-hmm. So, and we and and we do some mm-hmm. out of home square maybe just a little like those big brand campaigns and they do out of you know they do they'll do like the out of home push but yep. mostly it was like digital because yeah. i remember like i worked on this project and then i was like oh it's finally on the website and i would send it to my parents and be like look this is what i worked on you can't <laughs> see it. And, you know versus like san francisco magazine they would just get it every yeah, month yeah, yeah. and they see it so yeah. it's, i think it's I think there it's a more push towards media, like digital media and those ads and those, you know, kind of in that thing. But I don't think that the physical stuff of out-of-home stuff are quite going to go away.
0: No, definitely not. It's, it's, it's interesting. And mm-hmm. like, what kind of projects do you, what kind of projects do you like working on um, these days? You've gotten to work on a lot of stuff, but what kind of inspires you? Like, what kind of stuff do you enjoy working on most, I guess?
1: Think I like working on stuff like with video or anything that's like pushing that's like um,
0: multimedia.
1: Cross media. Yep. So you're having the elements of a still, but like I I am I'm, I'm always I'm I'm looking kind of towards the future. Like I will always enjoy fine art prints and stuff like that, but I'm and I I know I'm enjoying working more in the video digital space mm-hmm. and this eventually we will probably be in the vr world um yeah. you know when we're having well in like a hundred years if we have this conversation again we might be like in a virtual reality and i'm well, sitting next to well, <laughs> you, know what we'll at, well, you know
0: stuff like that <laughs> in the last month all i've been hearing about is nfts which is like this new exactly which is wild. Uh, It's exciting. I'm interested to see where the NFT stuff goes. I've been seeing some friends get into it. I don't know a ton about it, but yeah, like you said, you never know what's around the corner, you know? Yeah. Um, And one other thing, I guess when you're working like on these commercial projects, do you prefer to work with photographers that have reps? Does that even matter? Or I guess what's your perspective on that? Cause I think a lot of photographers, they think like, do I need to have a rep to get this type of work or it's, uh,
1: um, no, because yeah. I'm literally like I'm, I signed. I signed two different projects, mm-hmm. and one has a rep, and one doesn't. Yeah, one yeah. Was like, Here's my whole build. Like, put these people on here, and one was like, "Here's an email. This is what I, <laughs> you know, what you I mean." Yeah. So I don't think it's it, what matters is you. You have to have great work. Mm-hmm. Good consistent work will get you hired no matter what. Yeah, reps will help you get the bigger jobs and get you paid. Um, but, you know, if you're, you know, if you're just by yourself, you can do that too, as well. Because yeah. I work with someone and they got, they got themselves paid and they were by themselves and they don't have to cut that. Yeah, that's
0: right. The Keep that rep, 30%. The rep,
1: the rep <laughs> they're getting paid and they're going to get, you know, what they, you know, yep. because they're working, you know, so have good work. That's what ultimately matters because I hire people, like I said, with and without. Yeah, and definitely. It's down to the work.
0: One hundred percent. And uh, another thing, uh, treatments. I've been finding, like, especially with the advertising stuff, that it's becoming more and more people request it. Um, like, how important are the treatments? Like, uh, what do you like to see in a treatment when photographers submit these for um, different projects? I guess.
1: Um. Usually, so I, I I I try to be careful, or just like alert my team or people I'm working with, like. I, I don't want to go into the treatment phase
0: mm-hmm.
1: until we are kind of like locked. Uh, we're working together because I don't want, you know, people to be doing stuff for free and then we don't use, you know what I mean? So once we're kind of locked in, that's when I start like asking for treatments. And usually I'm like, okay, this is my idea. Mm-hmm. And it could be stupid and dumb. You can tell me if this is going to work. Y'all are the professionals. You tell me, you come back to me and wow me. Like this is my little idea I was thinking, yep. and then I will be like you first. I would be like do the safe, and then go crazy. Oh, okay, and then eat in the middle. Uh, <laughs> you know, I like I like you know. It. <laughs> well, it's just in general. I always I always tell photographers when they go and shoot. I'm like, hey, look, you got to shoot these meat and bone potato images. Okay, I know they're boring, but once you do the safe shot, then go out and do work that makes the editor want to choose that versus what they thought they want yeah so when we're looking at treatments i'm like give me the safe to present but then also go balls to wall yeah usually most of the time it comes in the middle
0: Mm of it no that's good advice and another thing i guess in terms of like um like estimating for jobs um are there like any common mistakes photographers make when submitting estimates like obviously photographers everyone wants to get the job Are there certain situations where, you know, someone can have great work, but then their estimate comes in super low and it can kind of be a red flag or like, Mm
1: -hmm. are there any
0: kind of uh, common mistakes people make when putting their estimates together?
1: I would say the most common that I see they under, Yep. they under and, and, you know, you know, as you know, usually, you know, just like, you know, as a photographer, you're not going to say how much, you know, I'm going to go or, you know, you're making, you know, with budgets. It's like, you know, it is a sensitive thing, but the thing I do, I do advocate and try to get people as paid as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so I always say, it's like, if you come in super high, the answer you can get is no. And then can be like, what do we need to do? What number do we need to get under? You know, yeah. So, you know, I always, I think the common one I always see is like people come super under, but I understand because you don't want to scare it. It's almost like when uh, applying for a job and you're like in a salary negotiation, you're like, oh, we really want to work here. You know, you don't want to tip it, Yep. but just know your value. If you're doing great work, you will get paid.
0: Definitely. Cause I I think early on in my career, I, I tried to like, cause obviously you're hungry. You want to get your foot in the door and you try to like, I, I remember like trying to like, like just take line items off. I'm like, oh, I could get away with not using that. But then I realized like you're only hurting yourself at the end of the day because you want the product to be good. So it's like, like you're saying, like, you know, do the estimate what it's going to cost you to put the best exactly. work. exactly Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then they will, if they want to work with you mostly they will work. It's a conversation and uh, just don't think it, you know, uh, unfortunately, sometimes it's, it's like a hard no. And then, you know, depending on the company, but most companies, like everywhere I work, they usually work with you. They're like, we want to work with you. Hey, yeah, this is a little high. We need to kind of get it into this range. Yeah. Can we, can we, what can we do? You know, it's so it's usually a conversation. So don't, fear usually people are willing to work with you and i will just stay flat out like hey look this is our budget like if yep. it's like, going like way sky high i'm like and we mm-hmm. want to work with you and it's like okay if we can't if you can't negotiate or have a new leg room i understand you have to walk away yeah it doesn't make sense but like at the end of the day my job is to make sure we're on budget because <laughs> yeah. like that's like our job is to make sure you know we're 100%. managing the funds that we are allotted yeah uh, stuff like that so that's why i would just my advice is like just know it's usually if they want to work with you they'll you know they it's a conversation and don't yeah. undercut yourself because i know trust me i did a lot of free internships because i was only because i had to get the names on yeah. to get a chance you know mm-hmm. but yeah don't ever under um, uh, don't ever undersell yourself
0: Yeah, definitely. Because at the end of the day, these brands and whatever product or service they're advertising, they want their product to be Mm -hmm. um, portrayed in a good light and do good work. So it's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, yeah. So that's great advice. I appreciate it. Um, And I was interested in talking. I checked out your photography website. I was interested in talking to you about your project, uh, Elegant Wasteland. I know you kind of mentioned you like doing landscapes and stuff. I was just kind of curious a little bit about that project, like where you shot it and what it was kind of all about for you.
1: So that was like my thesis. So that was my thesis. I, it's my, one of my favorite ones I've done, and I've done kind of like um, osfers of that. But I, and this was shot um, in the South. Like this is the time when I was in Savannah, um, Savannah, Atlanta, and then I lived in San Antonio at the time. Yeah. And my grandparents lived in Birmingham. And so it's like on that kind of corridor of like San Antonio, like ten. like I-10, kind of that in the South. And I just started really noticing, and this was the times of like, you know, malls and Kmart was, you know, and I just started noticing the, they would just sit there every day and you would just drive by. This was
0: my favorite right here.
1: Yeah, that was a Kmart on on, I-35 or I-35 or 410 in San Antonio. Um, And I just started seeing the beauty of Mm. the massive space and the structure, but then the waste of like, back then this was like late 2000s. Well, we talk about the homeless and we talk about people not having good schools. So why can't we not use these buildings? How can, why can't we not retrofit that or something into something that's useful? So that's kind of that, that's what spawned when I went to see these buildings, the beauty, and also kind of like, I would say kind of like a Walker Evan ish kind of vibe a little bit. But again, I would see them like sitting there. And it's like, you could use that space, but yet it's just sitting there empty and desolate. Yeah. Like that could be used. You could retrofit that maybe and get like a few like apartments in that and house like low income housing Definitely. or something or a youth center or, you know, things to help the community.
0: Yeah, man. But because, it's,
1: it's, because it's like, I guess, private, you know, it's all about money and profit, you know? Mm-hmm. What can we do?
0: Especially in California, where you live. Last time I went there a year ago, the homeless, uh, it, it's yeah. terrible out there. You walk in LA or San Francisco, you walk down the sidewalk, it's just like tent city. So yeah, you're right. There is just so much space and opportunity to use this stuff. I mean, I don't know what the answer is, but yeah, it's uh, it is definitely a problem. And, and then got.
1: just my love of like this building architecture as well. So it's this kind of this weird beauty, but sadness in mm-hmm. a sense, because it's like, and then you notice like, you know, most of these things are probably tore down by now. I haven't uh, been, had a, had a chance to go back, but um, yeah, that was kind of just at the time when I was photographing.
0: No, that's awesome. I really enjoyed the work. And also I look at your LinkedIn. I saw you've been part of something called coffee three, I believe it's called uh, for like 13 years. I was curious, like what that is and like what so, you are want kinda-
1: uh So what I liked um, after last year's event um, of George Floyd, there was a movement, you know, to get people noticed for being people, a, a person of color. Yep. Um, you know, noticed and recognized in like the creative and marketing fields. So coffee, this this is this organization I just you can put and so it just it's like kind of like a signal or quotes and are like, hey, person of color and marketing creative. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go into to their um, thing in um on LinkedIn, um you can find out a little bit more information. So I just put that because just the for me, um, it's few and far between of a black female in publishing or in the creative space um and especially uh being a photo producer and so um just letting people know hey i'm available or for people to reach out and it's like hey how do i break in if you're like just wondering how to navigate um, again i'm all about now kind of paving it forward and making it less difficult or like confusing of I just had to pick it up and go and yep. not being able to have access to mentors of color or seeing people in management of color um, where I went. So now just uh, joining the cause and, you know, just trying to do what I can do.
0: No, that's, 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 that's amazing. It's really important. And uh, yeah, I think like, yeah, it's important to have different people, diverse group of people and it says you're going to do better work and it's giving people opportunities. I know some of my friends like or people of color and in, in the mm-hmm. last year i know diversify photo which is a great organization mm-hmm. and you mentioned it earlier um i guess what's like your kind of perspective in the last year like you said with all the george floyd and brianna taylor um from your perspective in this business do you think it, has there been progress has there been an open more conversation with the uh, organizations and people and um, i guess your work i guess
1: i think there's been progress i mean after the initial of hey black lives matter we're hiring a black you know diversity you know inclusion officer you know i truly believe the organza- you know the organizations they are making steps forward understanding you know it's not going to happen overnight as this has like been a systemic problem <laughs> and it's still and um to my fellow you know for this week of uh, asian pacific you know um, um friends you know it, we're seeing hate still, you know, and racism yep. happen, and so I, I we're taking small steps forward. And mm-hmm. I think for me, the turning point was like, wow, something has actually happened when Mississippi finally took off the Confederate flag yeah. off their flag, you know, national, you know, state flag. And I'm like, whoa, it took that because it wasn't just the monuments, but when someone is like, whoa, you're telling me, you know, or when NASCAR banned. Mm-hmm day I thought you would ever even see that, Um, and that's like okay, I feel like there is a shift. It's not going to happen overnight. So in companies, I feel do feel like it is movement, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to see like a C-suite of all people of color like tomorrow. You know, I'm realistic, but hopefully, for me, I just want to be part of the solution and not like more of the problem. So how can I help? How can I advocate?
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's important. And I appreciate it. And I guess, like, like you said, I've been, you've done a lot in this business, you've gotten to work on a lot of different stuff. But like, what's kind of got you inspired now? Like anything you're hoping to work on? Or like, what, what's next for you, Karen?
1: I think what's next for me is seeing how I can give back. Like, how can I use the skills that I know to help people who either want to be in this business or are somehow related in this business? How can I get a seat at the table to let more opportunities oh you know arise yeah um because again like i said there's few and far far in between jobs or people of color that have the problem is i always say is when people came to me in the photography community and asking like how do you you know how can we help and i always say help with resources yeah because unfortunately like in you know in low-income communities, you know, photography is expensive. Yes, you can pick up a camera and you can learn and that's what a lot of people do, but you only see them in kind of like photojournalism, maybe port- environmental portraiture land mm-hmm. when you get into food photography or fashion photography. That costs money, you know, food styles, um, you know, equipment, um, studio rentals, you know, all the, you're not saying you have to have all the, you know, most expensive gears, but just to have a basic kit, Yep. And people just don't have that. So how can I you know advocate to get resources to people to be able to have the opportunity if they want to join this field? or how can I advocate to get more people into the field who are trying yeah. and like hey they're you know unfortunately you know people stay are staying in jobs longer but how can we start kind of being more inclusive and getting those different voices again, I'm yeah. seeing it slowly, but we don't want to swing the pendulum that we're like, oh, now it's all just people of color and no like white. No, we want to get to the point where you look go into the office and you just feel like it's the world and it doesn't like there's nothing yeah. off-putting.
0: Yeah yeah it's just giving people an opportunity because like like you said like earlier in the interview like when you're in school like you didn't even know like photo editor or producer is a job mm-hmm. so if like people don't even know these are like opportunities that are out there because there's so many jobs within photography that aren't even shooting as you know it's like being a mm-hmm. stylist being a producer um like whatever doing like catering or there's so mm-hmm. many jobs and it's like yeah so if like any way we can help and let let people know there's like there's opportunities out there but you know um, just like,
1: and, and just like I'm learning a mass class, like on the film and video side, like, you don't have to be the director. No, there's so many things and some people find their jam. like, I want to be an editor. Yeah. That's your jam. Like, you know what I mean? Or I want to do this like motion, like motion graphics or like, you know, and yeah, exactly to all what you said. It's like, there's so many things you can be a photographer, but I think we're all seeing it Like, let's be a photographer no there's so many different things within photography that you could like work it. because I think for lo- another long time I wanted to do if I wasn't what I'm doing is be a photographer curator yeah at a museum. yep that's still part of creative and still part of photography
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, I just ended up I didn't go that path but that was like another thing I was thinking about that's not me being an actual photographer but I'm still in photography
0: yep no, definitely. Well, Karen, I'm glad we connected. I really appreciate you taking the time. It was great talking to you just because you have so much experience in the business. And uh, yeah, this can't thank you enough.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: So there you have it. That was the Karen Williams interview. I just want to thank Karen so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. It was a real pleasure talking to her about uh, her journey with photography and everything she's kind of worked on within her career so far. She's worked at some amazing brands and publications like AARP and Airbnb, as I mentioned. Um, and always just a pleasure talking to someone who's uh you know, on the produ- production side and hires photographers. I really appreciate her insight and advice to you know photographers when marketing your work to these different brands and publications. I know I learned a lot, uh, so I can't thank her enough. And, uh, yeah, as always, I'll be having weekly podcasts every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as the Photo Banter YouTube page. Uh, so definitely go check us out on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button as it would be much appreciated. And thanks so much for listening, and take care.